So I moved into my parents' basement, started interviewing for jobs, and got a job at a real estate firm in Salt Lake called Newmark Grub Knight Frank, commercial huh. real estate firm. Just happened to end up on a team that served uh, the largest landholder in the United States. You guys know them as the Mormon Church, the LDS Church. <laughs> Dang, okay? yeah. So we're doing their real estate deals all over the world. So that's 2012. Two years in, the guys who hired me left for a competitor, mm -hmm. and I was one of the more senior guys on the team. And I became the director of this team, like kind of the leader, right? Shoot, yeah. And so we're doing deals and we're having a great time for people who are local. I mean, we did a monster deal in Provo. BYU bought uh, Provo High School. I represented BYU. Dang. Right? So we made a really nice fee on that deal. That's sweet. And, uh, and so I started to become really successful doing this work mm -hmm. and uh, started to stockpile some dough, but I was a broker. I was yeah. making fees, which is great, but I didn't know what to do. What do I do with this, right? So I did the normal thing and had IRAs and did the 401k thing, right? Yeah. You do stocks too? and Yeah, some yeah, stock yeah. stuff. That. Yeah, just traditional investing. And then it, it dawned on me, like, I know real estate. Why am I investing in S&P 500? I don't even know what S&P stands for, <laughs> man. So I was like, I know real estate. I don't just know it. I know it really well. Yeah, yeah. So let's take my money and invest it in real estate. So that's what I started to do. And Shoot. that's how we got it. Go to InvestorThrive.com right now to check out some of our free training on how you can make money as a real estate investor or schedule a time with me so we can chat about our mastermind mentorship and how we can help you learn how to wholesale nationwide and grow your business. We wanted to bring Nate Worthen on because he's one of our top buyers here in the local Utah area. Um, I believe you've done four deals with us now. Yeah, that's right. So Nate's uh, been a good buyer for us, and we wanted to bring him on and just kind of talk about what you look for from wholesalers, um, kind of about your journey, how you got into real estate, and all that stuff. Sweet. Let's cool. do it. So, Nate, real quick. So uh, let's talk. Let's start with some funny stories because we did do a deal with you. I think our first deal with you, was it the Pingree one or was it the one in Sandy? Sandy. Okay. Sandy, Utah. So, so let's talk. So I'll give my um, I'll give my explanation of how I got it, and then you can kind of tell us what happened on your end. So I ended up getting a Facebook lead when we were running Facebook ads, and I got a call from this really mad guy. He was, like, so pissed. He's like, you're going to buy my house, like, as soon as I got on the phone with me. And I was like hey man I don't even know we haven't even talked about the condition of your house like why are you so upset and I even called him out I'm like why, why are you upset with me I, I've never talked to you before he's like oh, I just I just need to sell this house real quick so I went to his house dude guy's just face was red he was like mad the whole time and eventually I got his trust because I was like look I'm a wholesaler I'm not gonna buy your house I'm, I'm not playing with you I'm just gonna find a buyer okay I'm and he was like, okay, I trust you. But he was still mad the whole time. Anyway, I ended up getting him under contract, and that's the first deal we sold to you, right? Yeah. yeah. How much did you make on that deal? Dude, it was like $1,000. It was... <laughs> that was rough. It was, that rough. was rough. It was rough, but uh, yeah, no. I, I thought we were going to make more, to be honest, but uh, it's it was not that big of a spread for either of us, right? No, yeah, no. But What's interesting about that deal, uh, which I think is cool, you guys set the deal up pretty well. Mm -hmm. So... He, I had to close and he was going to stay in the property for two months mm -hmm. and you negotiated an escrow holdback right. of 2,500 bucks, right? That's right. So we close, he gets his dough, $2,500 in the bank and I wait till he moves out. Yeah. But the day he's supposed to move out, he's in jail. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The guy's been arrested uh, 
I mean, I don't know what this is, but forcible sodomy. Yeah. Right. All I know is that he had a prostitute, tried to go. Look, this is family friendly, yeah, this is, right? Yeah. But, so but it was it was sketchy. not a good situation for him or the prostitute. But anyway, right. you were in the you we were caught in the middle of it. You were caught in the middle of it. I was. And uh, he left his stuff on site. So we had to clean it up. Um and we said, dude, you weren't out on that day. So we get your $2,500. Right. Also, your house is positive for meth. So uh, no that way. was a problem. Yeah. He was doing meth too? I mean, someone was. I assume it was him. Yeah. I don't think we knew about that. You didn't. Did you know about that? Mm. Oh, because he never said anything, right? Oh, so, interesting. I didn't know about the meth. That's crazy. Yeah. So we had to remediate the meth, which was fine. And then we said, you're not getting your $2,500 because you didn't get out on time. Well, you didn't tell us about the meth either. Right. Yeah. So the title company says, look, Nate, you sign, be, being me, Nate, mm -hmm. right? As the buyer, you sign, and then the seller will sign, and you guys both, you know, you, we can release the money to you as the buyer. Well, of course, he wouldn't sign. Dude, that's the worst thing yeah. at, about having to do that. That's like the worst part about real estate. It is. It's right. so, it doesn't make any sense. It's so dumb. So escrow holdbacks, we can talk about that if we want, but ultimately, he sued me while I was in Idaho, didn't get the notice. Time elapsed. He won the lawsuit because I didn't show up. He got the 2500 bucks. Not a big deal, but that was our first experience. You're lucky I came back. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Just we kidding. Both, we, both, uh, we both got kicked in the... We the, learned a lot. ...behind by that guy, yeah, you know, if did. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, so that was our first deal. We've done a couple other ones, but it's been, it's been fun, you know, working with you. You've been really responsive and really cool, so... Thanks for coming on the podcast. But basically, we want to start off just kind of getting to know what got you into real estate and your background and your story. Yeah, let's do it. So um, when I grew up, I wanted to be a college basketball coach. So I went to BYU, got a degree in coaching, and started coaching basketball. Um, shout out, Columbia College, South Carolina, home of the Fighting Koalas. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fighting Koalas, purple, all-women's school. This is no lie. That's, okay? not, that's a real thing? A real thing. Uh, I was got my first coaching job there as an assistant coach. <laughs> yes. Okay, set the all-time school record of for wins seven. Okay, <laughs> we didn't last too long. Wasn't making a whole lot of money, uh, so I moved back into my. This is a true story. So I moved back into my parents' basement. I was making five hundred bucks a month full-time work. Okay, as a coach. As a coach. Oh dang! Because it's all it's hustle, man. Yeah. And you got to put your time in, and hopefully someday you make it. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't. I was like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I can't survive. So I moved into my parents' basement, started interviewing for jobs, and got a job at a real estate firm in Salt Lake called Newmark Grub. Let's see, Newmark Knight Frank, Newmark Grub Knight Frank, commercial huh. real estate firm. Just happened to end up on a team that served uh, the largest landholder in the United States. You guys know them as the Mormon Church, the LDS Church. <laughs> Dang, okay, I, yeah. So we're doing their real estate deals all over the world, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Two years in, so that's 2012. Two years in, uh, the guys who hired me left for a competitor, mm -hmm. and I was one of the more senior guys on the team, and I became the director of this team, like kind of the leader, right? Shoot, yeah. And so we're doing deals, and we're having a great time. Um, for people who are local, I mean, we did a monster deal in Provo. Uh, BYU bought uh, Provo High School. I represented BYU. Dang. Right? So we made a really nice fee on that deal. That's sweet. And, uh, and so I started to become really successful doing this work. Mm -hmm. And uh, started to stockpile some dough. But I was a broker. I yeah. was making fees, which is great. But I didn't know what to do with this 
what do I do with this? Right. So I did the normal thing and had IRAs and did the 401k thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you do stocks too. And yeah, some yeah, stock yeah, stuff. That. Yeah. Just traditional investing. And then it, I dawned on me, like I know real estate. Why am I investing in S and P 500? I don't even know what S and P stands for, <laughs> man. So I was like, I know real estate. I don't just know it. I know it really well. Yeah, yeah. So let's take my money and invest it in real estate. So that's what I started to do. And Shoot. that's how we got introduced. That's right? awesome, man. So you've been in real estate since roughly 2011, you said? Yeah, I bought my first deal, a condo in 2009. Okay, is that before you started working? That was, yeah, that okay. was before. But my real career in real estate started in 2012. Gotcha. Yep. Cool. So you realize, why do I invest in other stuff when I know real estate. Exactly. You're I mean, already I, the master of real estate. Yes. In fact, I got eventually got my degree at the University of Utah, master's degree in real estate. So when you say the master, I literally you am are the, the master. master of real estate development. That's awesome. So, I love that. Yeah. Um, That's tight. Yeah. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the deals you've done over the years. Like what's kind of your strategy? Um, yeah, I guess like what's the strategy you typically look for in deals? Yeah, so let's be clear. Um, like most cash buyers, I have a full-time job. For me, it's it just happens to be real estate brokerage. But cash buyers could be accountants, doctors, dentists, whatever, right? So my flipping business or my investing business is my quote-unquote side hustle. Right. Right? So I buy... Uh, one deal a month. Sometimes it, it's two deals in one month and no deals the next, but on average, a deal a month. And um, most of the deals I buy are single family and they are right around $300,000 or less is kind of my sweet spot. So we can talk about why if you want to, but that's what I do. Yeah, any reason why? Stop, yeah, so, um, so I have the ability, I'm fortunate enough to be able to pay cash for my deals, mm -hmm. but I choose not to. Right. Um, because I can do more deals if I use a lender, right? It's hard money. Mm -hmm. So I put in, you know, say 10 to 20% down, the rest is hard money. And my hard money accrues over time. Um, but on $200,000, it accrues at a slower amount than at $600,000. Yeah, at those higher ranges, you get rocked. Exactly. Yeah. So I like the lower income stuff. In Utah specifically, there's a lot of depth in that price point. A lot of first-time home buyers, people who are making hourly wages, they can afford that stuff. Not as many people making the six figures, right? Yeah. Quick question about, so you're buying these properties. What do you do with them? Do you rent them, fix them up? Yeah. What's kind of your focus? So every property is a little different. Um, but remember, I got this full-time job. So for me, not every buyer's is in my situation. But for me, I don't want to swing a hammer. I don't want to tear out carpet. Mm -hmm. That's not my... I don't have time for that, really. Yeah. I'm not above it. I just don't have time for it. So what I like to do is wholesale, right? I buy the deal from you. And then I immediately put it on the market. Maybe I got to do some stuff. I got to fix some windows. I got to mow the grass. I can do that. Then I go to market and I may not get a premium dollar, but I don't care as long as I can make a spread. Yeah, because you don't you didn't have to go in and put a ton of money into the rehab. Exactly. So in short, my goal is to buy it, make it FHA 
So that's a loan program. Make it FHA ready so I can appeal to the widest number of buyers and then I sell it. Now get this, I always offer, and look, we're talking to wholesalers, mm -hmm. but this is interesting. I always offer lease options and seller finance. And so if I find a seller finance buyer, typically they're willing to pay more mm -hmm. um, and I can get interest on my money. So I'll pay the hard money lender off and I'll roll with the deal for two or three years until right, the buyer closes. That's a good idea, yeah. So for me, that works, it's passive. Do you have a certain amount that you require down when going with the lease option or seller finance? You know, I I have a high risk tolerance, so no, I don't have a big threshold, maybe 10%. I want some skin in the game, yeah. but I don't have a lot. Dang, I yeah. like it, I like it a lot. Um, so what's the end goal just to do, you know, build up, use your money while it's sitting there? Or do you have a certain amount of properties you want to do? Like what's, what's the end goal in real estate? Yeah. At first I just wanted to make as much money as I could. Mm -hmm. Now I look at my life and I say, where do I feel anxiety? And for me, it's the first of the month when I have to pay the mortgage, mm -hmm. right? I know I can pay it. Like you, I look at my bank account. I got that money. Yeah. But it's still, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. It's not fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So goal number one is pay off our house. Uh, and we are at a net worth where we could probably pull that off now, but our money is tied up. So we got to liquidate all that. So in the next 24 months, we'd like to pay off our house. Cool. Then we get a HELOC and that money's still accessible to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Then goal number two is how do we build as passive wealth as we can? So wholesale's nice, but seller finance for us is the path to victory. Okay. So finding seller finance deals where we make, the best deals are when you find me a seller finance deal. So I'm seller financing it from the owner, from the seller. Mm -hmm. And then I turn and seller finance it to a buyer on a double, double wrap, right? Yeah. And I make a spread every month and I do this amount of work. So. How are you finding those seller finance deals? Just from wholesalers or yeah, from so other, other ways? Uh, out, let's say I do 12 deals a year, one a month, probably 11 of those are whole, wholesale deals. And then one's a sourced deal that I find myself you find from someone. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, are you willing to pay a premium for those seller finance deals? How do you feel about those? So I don't know like, how are other they buyers that important are. to you. I won't pay a premium because ultimately what I want is the spread. So let me tell you about a deal I did in enterprise rural market in Utah, bought a deal for 85,000, sold it for 119 on seller finance. The guy brought in, I think 20K. So he's got some skin in the game. At the end of the deal, if he refis me out, right, I have a five-year balloon. Mm -hmm. At the end of five, I get the spread of 30. So I make an interest. Mm -hmm. and then in, at the end, I make 35K or whatever the difference between 119 minus 85, right? right? So that's really healthy. If I buy it wrong and I'm into it too steep on the front end, the back end isn't as pretty, right? Yeah. And you're making interest, so that's that's good for you for the five years. Right. Now, most buyers are saying, if I want interest, because I'm making 6%, that isn't super sexy, right? Mm -hmm. And if I can flip more deals and I can get you know, 15, 20%, I get 25K pops, those are awesome. But what I'm talking about is freedom. I don't want to do anything. I do zero and I get checks in the mail. Nice. That makes sense. Well, real quick on my question for you on the FHA and just getting FHA ready. How do you know what is required on those properties to get them FHA ready? Do you have an, do you have like a list that you're like, oh, I need to paint this because the, the paint is trash or like, how do you know that? 
Yeah, so I can send you a link to FHA guidelines. Um, essentially, it's pretty easy. No broken windows. You have to have uh, decent floor coverings. So that means carpet, tile. You can't have bare subfloor, right? Can't have leaks. Can't have exposed wood on the outside. Got to have G GFCI outlets, earthquake straps on the water heater. And if you check those boxes, you're in. Okay. That's basically the idea. That's sweet. And that's what we're doing with you on one in Roy right now. Exactly. You, the plumbing was trash, so we fixed it. We're partnering on it for everybody that doesn't know. And then you're getting in and yeah. getting it FHA ready. Exactly. And then sweet. we'll sell it. Let's get it. Let's right. do it. How many seller finance deals do you currently have? So like, do you have going? I have four currently. Four. Uh -huh. What does like, the passive income look like for those right now? So every month now remember i put all that cash out so that's my cash locked up in the deal yeah so but you refinance out with your own money exactly or here's the here's the real better strategy okay i buy it with hard money um i'm doing this in american fork so uh which is about we're in salt lake right now that's 30 minutes south of us i buy it with hard money okay i i put it on a lease option then, and the reason I put on a lease option is because I need time to refinance. Yeah. So I refinance the deal with permanent financing, 30-year uh -huh. loan, okay, on an investment product. And then that lease option converts into seller finance when I'm ready. When you want it to, Exactly. Right? So they want to move in. Great. Move in, pay your rent. Your rent applies to the purchase price. Then as soon as I refinance the next day, we can, we can do a seller finance deal. Right, what's, and now I'm only this much cash instead of the whole thing. What's the point of converting it from a lease option to a seller finance? If I seller finance before I have my permanent financing, I can't refinance because I don't own it, hmm. right? They own it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I go to the bank and say, hey, help me refinance. Well, why not just keep it as a lease option? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've done that in the past. Um, it's not a bad idea. It's not bad. So there's no reason not to do that. I like it, man. How much of this did you learn in your master class in the University of Utah? Like the, all these strategies. Do you have a degree? Mm, yeah, no, yeah, I do. How much did you learn? Not yeah. a lot. Same. Same. Okay. Yeah. So did that help? I mean, uh, it was interesting, right? Um, I'm glad I did it, mostly because I met some important people in my life. You and I have a mutual friend. Yeah. You know, if Matt Strong listens to this, hey, you're my you're my boy. And I met you up at the U. We like Matt too. Yeah. Uh, that's what was valuable for me. That's that's kind of how I feel like our college. We met in college. Yeah, right. So here you are. Yeah. Worth the price of tuition. You think a master's degree would be a little more valuable. We just have bachelor's, right? So so the master, even the master's degree you didn't find useful? I mean, here's it's my thought. It's okay to say no. I'm just No, it's I'm not. Curious. I mean, look, Danny Wall, Director of the MRED program, if you're listening to this, I love you. Your program's great. <laughs> but I'm I sure, made, I'm sure I made zero this. dollars from you, bro. <laughs> Come on. So here, here's the deal. Come on, It's a Danny? piece of paper on the wall, right? I mean, if you think about the guys who really made it big, right? The the entrepreneurs, they their degree didn't get them there, right? So that's the same for me. I don't attribute my success to my degree but I am grateful that I did it. I, I learned. That's sweet. I met people that mattered. So you have a full-time job. Is it pretty demanding to do your full-time job and be, a, a, I guess, a side hustle investor? Yeah, it is. Uh, so real estate brokerage is what I do full-time. Um, 
but I kind of prefer the investing side of it. Mm -hmm. So it's, if it brings me joy, it's not so bad. Have you thought about scratching the, being a broker and just going full time into? No, uh, my nickname at work is deal daddy. So I'm a deal junkie. The more like 12 deals a year is not enough for me. So if I'm a broker and I can do another 20, so I get 32, that starts to scratch the itch. Yeah, so I'm in as many as I can. Why not do wholesaling? You know, I like whole, I like wholesaling, the idea, but as you guys know, it's time intensive, right? So I don't have time. That's yeah. the whole Like this is our answer. full-time jobs, right? Right. Like, I mean, but it's, it's a grind for sure to run the business, to do that all. So... Um, do you use your job that you have right now? Do you use that to, um, you know, burr out of properties, like get a hard money loan and then get a, I guess a, a regular financing on it? Not my regular. I mean, I use my regular job as the income that the bank requires for permanent financing, but I don't use necessarily my network for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I meant is like your regular job to uh, qualify. Exactly. Yeah. Because yes. like we can't really qualify. For, we go to a bank and be like, hey, you work for yourselves. Right. And we write off everything. So they're going to be like, you make no money. Yes. So, so I show an, I show a profit on my day to day. Absolutely. Yep. Well, are you a W-2? Because you're a broker. Do you not own your own brokerage? Or you? So I don't want to get too technical, but I have uh, an LL. I own my own brokerage. And then my commissions funnel into an LLC that is an S-corp. Uh, and then I am the only employee of that S Corp. So I W2 myself for tax reasons. So we could do the same thing. We do that. Yeah. Yeah. But then you got to show an income, which means yeah. writing Uncle Sam a check, right? So there's that. That's always the bad part, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you look for from deals from wholesalers because you get a lot of emails, I'm assuming. Yeah. I what probably do you get 10 a day. For? Well, eight, eight to 10 a day. Yep. So, okay. So when I, let me ask you this. Are you asking what I look for in a wholesaler or what I look for in a deal? What you look for in a deal, like from a wholesaler? Because I'm assuming most of the deals you get are from wholesalers, right? So I get contacted by wholesalers in three different ways. Uh, most commonly, it's an email. Second most commonly is a text message. Mm -hmm. The third is a personal phone call. I like the personal phone call. You guys have a guy. His name's Eric. Yep. And the guy is good. Mm -hmm. He makes me feel like I am the most important buyer in on your list. Let's go. Right? And I don't know if I am or not, but I feel that way. So when he calls, I listen and I look at the deal. I'll be honest. I look at every email deal that I get. I Good. really, I evaluate it basically on paper and say, hey, does this make sense? If it does, then I decide, do I want to drive all the way to, you know, Park City or whatever? Um, but when I get the call... He jumps to the front of the line. That's why we've done so many deals together. Let's go. Yeah. So no, the phone call is the best way to do it. Yeah, I would call. Now, if I'm a wholesaler, I'm not calling every buyer on my list. Of course. I call the guys who buy my stuff. Mm -hmm. If I, if you have a guy who's bought from you before, call him mm -hmm. or her and say, hey, I have a deal. You get first crack at it. Whether you're giving him first crack or not, make him feel like he gets the first look. It's a VIP, baby. Right. Give, Give him the VIP, VIP treatment. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So I guess a follow-up question to that, what do you look for in a deal then? Okay. So um, the deals that get me excited are seller finance deals, right? Mm -hmm. Let me be specific about what those seller finance deals look like. I want to do a wrap. I want your mortgage. Okay. So that means your credit's on the line mm -hmm. and I benefit from that. I love those deals. What if they own it outright? Are you still cool with those? Or? Yeah, I still like those deals for sure. But 
You don't um, mind if they have a mortgage still in place. I kind of like the mortgage deal just because they're, those sellers are handcuffed, mm-hmm. right? They have yeah, a bank, sure. so they got to pay. Like, they're not going to foreclose on me. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? No, they're, they're tied to the bank. Yeah. And I like some of that accountability. Um, secondly, is I like, not everyone likes these. I like manufactured homes pre-1976. And this is why you can't loan on those things, especially if they don't have permanent foundations. So mm. they go cheap. Nice. Right? So there's one uh, up by the Idaho border. It's listed for 65K. It'll probably sell for like 30K, half an acre. You get half an acre of land and you get this dumpy manufactured home. Mm. I could rent that out for 950. I can make my money back in 30 months. Um, but when I sell it, I have to know this I cannot get bank financing. There are no bank financed offers. You got to find so that special I, buyer. Seller finance. Mm-hmm. And I'll seller finance for 60. I'll double my money on a seller finance deal, but I have to be prepared to, to carry. So that's why you got to buy right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what else do I like about wholesale deals? Uh, Kale, you want a tip? Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Uh, you can't just sign up for this app, but you can get it. So I don't know how the good wholesalers throw in an ARV and after remodel or after retail value, they, it could be totally bogus, but they at least put one in, right? To give me a hint of what that might be. Some of them might be pulling that from Zillow. Some might be pulling from like the assessor. I don't know where you guys get that data. Comps or. Com- yeah. Some people are actually doing comps. Most wholesalers. Yeah, most don't. Most aren't pull doing from that. Zillow. Right. There is an app called Fluid Pro, F-L-U-E-I-D space pro. Okay, you have to have a preferred title company sign you up. You can't just go sign up. Okay. Okay. So there's a deal right here. Does GT Title do it? No. In Utah, it is. Uh, she'll love the shout out. Charity Lasser with Truly Title. She's your girl. Shout out. Okay. Can we reach out to her? Absolutely. Will she hook us up with that. She will. She will absolutely hook you up. And you she that down? What is, is fluid, what? Charity. How do you spell fluid? Oh, F L U E I D Space Pro. You can download it now. You just can't log in. There you go. So look at this. So hit up Charity about it. True title. Truly title. Truly title. Yep. And here's the trick. She'll give you six months access for free. If you close a deal with her, she'll give you six more months. As long as you close a deal at Truly Title, she'll keep re-upping your subscription for six months. Okay. So she gets business and you get access. So here's an address, 1792 East Skyview Drive. Okay. Uh, This is a wholesale deal that came through today. And it gives me an estimated value. I think these estimated values are better than any estimated values I've seen. Now, look, if I buy a deal, I'm running the comps. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it on some internet mm-hmm. app. Yeah. But when I look at your deal for the first time, if your deal is more expensive than this, I'm not. I'm pressing delete. Yeah. You don't even get another second of my time. So you this you use that app a lot then. Yeah. Five thirty one four fifty four. Guess what the wholesaler had it out for. 539. <laughs> that's, Come on. that's fair market value. You're trying to wholesale something for me, to me for more who, than fair market that? value. Is that what noob was that? Yeah, exactly. Some noob. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but it wasn't good. Somehow he got your your name. Right. So chair one more time. Charity. Charity Lasser. So that's charity spelled like mm-hmm. uh the pure love of Jesus. The pure love of Jesus. La- I love it. Lasser L-A-S-E-R. Okay. Spelled like laser, pronounced Lasser. Okay. Um Look, Truly and I, I wish I could show this to you. Like you can't, you can't see that on the screen, but let me, ch- 
I got the name of you know who owns this? Who does it? Carly Rodabaugh. Carly yeah. Rodabaugh, you're selling your your property on wholesale. Yeah. All right, Carly. It's not gonna work. Not gonna work. He's gonna come back and cancel. She's owned it since November fifteenth, two thousand eleven. You know what? He's gonna have to go back and try to renegotiate because he probably got a bad deal on he it. He does absolutely. Get this. Uh, she's got a mortgage. The original amount was 205535 2019, she put on a second mortgage. I can tell you what her mortgage balance is, assuming she's paid the minimum payments the whole time. Uh, let's see here. So that 195K, app, yeah. So That app kind of sounds like one we use. It's called PropStream. Have you ever heard of PropStream? I haven't heard of it. Yeah, we'll have, we'll similar to, thing. We'll have to show it to you and see what you think about it because it, cool. it, it, it gives you everything. Right. So I don't know how comparative is that, but that's... That's cool. How does that app pull the comps? Does it pull like based off actual closings? So Utah's a non-disclosure state. So they don't have comps. No one has Utah comps unless you have MLS access. So no, they don't. In other states, they do have actual comps. Uh, Yeah, so that's kind of like prop stream. Okay, so similar. And it's nationwide. And it even throws up like the, the Zestimate is on here. So it's all loaded up. And all I'm using, this is free to me, right? It'd be free to you if, if charity hooks you up. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I like it is just for a snapshot. Like yeah, Eric glance, calls right? me on the phone, says, I got a deal in South Jordan. I type in the address on the phone with him. And I say, oh, and sometimes it even has photos, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm oh, like looking sounds... at the photos and I'm like, okay, I like this deal. Or, and I say, how much are you selling it for? And he says five thirty nine. I say, Eric, I'm Eric, not your buyer. Crazy. I'm not your buyer on this one. And then, it, but it's quick and easy. That's the point, right? We're yeah. either going to spend time on it or we're not. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, let's transition a little bit. What yeah. don't you like about wholesalers or wholesaling? It sounds like it's priced too high, but what are some other things? Yeah. Okay. So, look, I'm going to get you guys some listeners right now. Do it. Clay, Brian, Utah house buyers, listen up. This is why I, look, I've bought three deals from you guys and I can't buy another deal from you because you keep switching your disposition manager. Gosh. So you started out, I don't know why you fire the people that you fire, (laughs) but I want to give a shout out to Whit Foster who used to work with UHB. The dude is freaking awesome. Where is he now? Do you know? I don't know. You should, you you have a good guy. Eric is the man. I actually think Whit does his own thing now. Well, he should add me to his mailing list. I'd buy his deals. Maybe they don't get any deals anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. What I'm saying is you got to be careful when your disposition guys are creating relationships. I have a relationship with every disposition guy. So if you're a new wholesaler and you're the acquisitions and the dispositions guy, fine. If you hire a disposition, this disposition guy, that's okay too. But don't switch him up. Right. Because I have all this institutional knowledge with what we bought three deals. They hire a new guy. I can't get through. Now I'm now I have to deal with Clay directly. I like Clay, but he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't get you. Right. So I, I have to rebuild that whole relationship. And he's asking me questions that, quite frankly, are offensive. Like, <laughs> hey, can you actually perform on the deal? Like, come on, bro. Come on, dude. I bought your deals before. So yeah, that's number one. pretty annoying when you bought three deals from them. Right. Exactly. So that's yeah. number one is you got to have a good relationship with your buyers, yeah. whether that's you or someone else. Uh, number two is if you got janky deals, be careful. There's a, there's a guy in our market. I'm not going to throw his name out there because I've bought some of his deals. Occasionally he has a diamond in the rough. 
but he has bad deals. All of his deals are overpriced. So I look at his deals and I'm skeptical from the moment I see the email. When Eric calls me your guy, I'm not skeptical. I, I mean, I have questions, right? Yeah. But with this guy, I'm already like, oh, this guy's probably going to hose me. Right. So, so do it's you got, still look at his stuff or you just I automatically look, delete it? I look it? at it, but I got to buy extra good, which means do he's just, making less of a wholesale fee because I'm, I'm going to chew him up. Whereas you guys, remember that deal? How much did we make on our last wholesale deal? You guys made 27? Yeah. 27K, and I knew you were going to make 27K, but I didn't care because yeah. I knew there was meat on the bone. Yeah, yeah. Right? So. So do you think you'll get to the point with him that you'll just delete his emails? No, man. I'll always look at deals. That's that's how I roll. But not a lot of people are going to be like you. They're you know they're going to get so many deals and be like, I don't even want to check that dude's email. The casual buyer. So most people have capacity to take on one or two deals at a time, and it takes six months to work through a deal. So they're doing one or two, maybe four deals a year. Once they're in a deal, they stop looking at new deals. Mm -hmm. So yeah, unless they get that personalized phone call that says, Hey, this one is worth trying to stretch. Yeah. This one's the one. Maybe take a look at this, right? That makes sense completely, yeah. Yeah. Well, dang, man, you've given us a lot of good info on how we, you know, our listeners, wholesalers, you know, what they can do to develop relationships with their cash buyers so they'll look at their deals, feel like they're important, and, and you know, come through. Because we had a deal in Colorado oh. that uh, was like a million-dollar property that we had for seven fifty. So it was a deal because it was, it was a wholesale deal. They okay. put it in, carpet paint. But no, we didn't have the relationship with anyone there because we do nationwide. We've told you this. Right. So we have the relationship with you and some of the people here in Utah. But in other states, sometimes it requires the relationship to take the risk. And we couldn't get anyone to do it. Nobody wanted to do it. So we, we were tight with another wholesaler. He's like, I'll do it. I know you guys. And he's ending up making 147000 oh, on that property. Man. So And we, we're cool with it because we made a 50K assignment fee. He's like, I'll give you 50K. I'll take it at 800 I'll put carpet and paint. He said he put like 30 and he's going to make 147 on it. And But um, the point of this is we couldn't get it done without the relationship. So for all the wholesalers listening, you got get, you to get tight. You got to you know, um, communicate. Pick up the phone. Absolutely. Got to pick up the phone and get tight. Yeah. Get tight with your buyers. Let, let me give you one more. I know we're probably tight on no, time. No, you're doing good. Yeah. So we got, uh, let me give you one more pointer. So I get a lot of emails. Wholesaler says, hey, I got this deal. You can change it into a duplex or it's maybe it's a multi-unit property. And I got, it's a triplex. So I call the guy and I say, hey, I like your deal. What mm -hmm. are the rents? I don't know. Can I get a copy of the lease? Uh, let me work on that. Yeah. Hey, you said I could build four units here. What's the zoning? I don't know. So seller said I could. I'm yeah. Just, right. Exactly. That's, I took out a tape measure and just measured. <laughs> right. Or I. What you can dig in the basement? Of course you can have a duplex here. No, the city doesn't allow duplexes here. Right. When a wholesaler doesn't know much about the property, all of a sudden, the the bad news for you guys is. I'm going to pay less because I got to take the risk. Right? Yeah, I'm less interested and I'm going to pay less. So your assignment fee, I may still buy the deal from you, but your assignment fee just got skinnier just because you didn't do your homework. Yeah, if I come to you and say, hey, I don't have any of these answers, you're probably like, well, give me the answers, right? Yeah. And you're not interested until you get the answers. Exactly. So two things. Uh, if Eric calls me, and Eric has done this, he's had a deal, he doesn't know the answers. 
I have some resources that maybe he doesn't, and I can get those answers really fast. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't buy the deal, he now is armed with knowledge for the next guy, right? So that's another advantage of getting on the phone. Or he figures that stuff out and brings me a fully baked deal, and and I'll know it because he's gonna talk knowledgeably about it. Hey, this is zoned for short-term rentals. The zoning also allows a duplex. Let me give you the link to the city's website that shows you. Now you're getting hard. Now I'm like, exactly. (laughs) Now it's like, where do I sign? Like how much? Let's go, right? Yeah. So if you fully bake the deal, then I think you got a better shot. Okay. So bringing like a full package deal, like all the information at your disposal. Let me, and let me tell you, so there are wholesalers in our market Utah sell now who don't put any photos, no photos on their e-blast, which is so annoying, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason they're not doing it and the reason they won't tell you anything about the property is because they have legal counsel that says, we're not going to, if we tell you something and you rely on that information, you can sue us. Interesting. So so just FYI, what I would do if, if I was a wholesaler is I'd say, this is what I was told. Buyer beware. Go do your own due diligence. Yeah. But this is what I was told, and here's the sources for all the information. Mm -hmm. You make the call. Yeah, for sure. But just be clear about that because you you don't want anyone coming back on you. Yeah, it's very interesting that they they still sling deals but provide no information. None. Right? It's so annoying. Dang. Well, yeah, man. I mean, this has been super awesome to know the insight of what you're looking for. Because honestly, like if our job is to get you, that's our job is to get you deals. Right. That's how we get paid. If it, Without you guys, we don't get paid. Right. So if we don't do a good job at packaging what you need, we're going to make less money. And I've had it happen a lot where, you know, I don't have, I don't even get those answers as the acquisition guy because I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. But now you're saying this to me, I need to get that info more so we can make more money. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why Eric's always coming to you asking all these questions, right? That's true. Eric always is asking Nate a thousand questions, and Nate's like, I don't know, I don't know. Call the seller. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, man, just get the deal sold, bro. (laughs) I already had to deal with this lady. That's every wholesaler. You don't want to call her back. No, yeah. But, I I mean, to me... Half the time, the seller doesn't know anyways. Exactly. So, take some due diligence, right? Here's the point. You guys can use that lack of information to renege with the seller if you mm-hmm, have to, mm-hmm. right? So old grandma doesn't know when the AC was last replaced. Then then to me, the appropriate response is, oh, really? Well, if you don't know, that means we'll have to assume that it's bad. <laughs> 3000 yeah. off the price, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, and that's, hey, you don't know how old the roof, roof is? Well, you probably haven't replaced it in the last 10 years you've been Bingo. there. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know, that means it's a problem. Yeah. Right. No, we have true. to assume that. Yeah, for sure. Understandable. So what we're taking away from this every uh, Investor Thrive Nation is we have to package and get our deals to a point where someone wants to buy them. Yeah. You, you can't just throw it on you and be like, hey, if you figure it out, if you want this deal, it's got to be packaged right for it to be good. Yeah. They don't want to do a bunch of work. I'm assuming you don't want to do a bunch of work just to find the basic information and be like, yeah, I don't want this deal anyways. Exactly. The more work I have to do, the less I'm going to pay you for the deal. Which is, I think rightfully so. Right. But if we get it packaged up where it's like, if you don't take this, somebody else will. Yes. Then you're like, okay, appreciate that, that knowledge, that info. Right. Cool, man. Well, you got anything else you want to say? You've been a wealth of knowledge for us and it's been awesome chatting with you. 
Man, uh, anyone who listens to this, I mean, obviously you got Nate and uh, Corey, great resources. If I can be helpful to you, love to partner. I do my own hard money lending. Uh, I'm obviously we're, you, you we're buying a hard deal. money. Yeah, I've done that a few times. There you so, go, brother. Uh, yeah, reach out. If these guys will be so gracious, we'll put some contact information out there. Dude, and, I'd love to. Yeah. I, I basically we're gonna post this on um, the group page that we have on Facebook. If right you want to be a part of that group, I can invite you and we can put your info on it. That'd be cool. Um, we're gonna have this on YouTube, so we can we can put your. I don't know how much info you would want on YouTube and out there, but we can we can run it by you. Absolutely. And here's the deal: if you're watching this video and you've done a deal, you should drop a comment, tell us your story. Like, that's right. I'm one investor among thousands or millions of investors. Drop your story, tell us what's going on, and let's trade knowledge and all be better for it i love it dude yeah you're built for this man let's go let's go all right well invest investor drive nation this was the podcast thanks for coming nate Corey, would you like to end with any any words no glad to have you glad to learn from you peace all right see you guys later